how beautiful. Lord, you are a glorious creator. I must tell my family. This is Troy. And Melissa Lamberth. And this is our very first episode of our podcast, All Things Together. <laughs> Brought to you by Five Souls Media, which is just us. Yeah, pretty much just us. But uh, did you like how I said all things together? I, I did. You need to add an echo to that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. All, all things, things together. together. So this is not only our first episode, but this is a Christmas special. Yes, and like the Christmas specials we grew up watching on TV, that means we have a few special guests who will be joining us. Yes, and we opened with a teaser from our new As Told by Little podcast theater. And in just a few moments, we're going to premiere it as a gift to you. It's called A Luther Family Christmas. And speaking of As Told by Littles, a couple of months ago, we released our new short film about John Knox, the Scottish reformer. A little later on in the program, we're going to be joined by an actual Scotsman who happens to be our pastor, and he's going to share some thoughts about Mr. Knox. Yeah, and it's pretty fun. He'll be joined with some kids from our church who actually try to read some of Knox's original writings. It's actually English, James, right? Yeah. But it's English with a Scottish dialect. And some of those kids were wondering, is this English? Is it Scottish or some other language? Pastor Robert Elliott, along with some kids, will be joining us in a few minutes to talk about Knox and Christmas. But since this is a Christmas special, we thought we'd share an original Christmas song from our first guest, Randall Goodgame from Slugs and Bugs. There have been Christmas decorations up in Target like forever. I can't believe it's finally here. I've been hoping for a skateboard and my sister wants a dog. The three wise men had the right idea Singing happy birthday Jesus Happy birthday Jesus Happy birthday Jesus Bright and early Christmas morn Happy birthday Jesus Happy birthday Jesus Happy birthday Jesus I'm so glad that you were born Well that's a song from the Slugs and Bugs Christmas album Happy Birthday Jesus Written and sung by Randall Goodgame, who's with us here on the All Things Together podcast. Randall, welcome. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. Hello. So Merry Christmas to you, too. It's great to see you both. So speaking of Christmas songs and Christmas carols, uh, Randall, what is one of your what's your favorite Christmas carol? Um, so, you know, when I think of the Christmas carol, you know, there's lots of great versions of it. Um, but my you know, what's silly is my favorite is uh of all the you know Dickens retellings is the Muppets, uh, a Christmas Carol with Michael Caine, Michael Caine, and uh, Kermit as Bob Cratchit. That's like when we watch that every year. It's like, okay, Christmas is here. <laughs> yeah, Christmas time is here with you guys with that one, huh? Oh yeah, it's it's just because it's just so hilarious and awesome and, and sweet. Um, it's, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Which Muppet plays Scrooge in that one? It's Michael Caine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing you know and then there's the the great like big ghost of christmas present come in and know me better man i don't know i, I could talk all day about it but <laughs> well we're gonna have to uh watch that uh sometime yeah, here well, this christmas well. season our kids do love the muppets but for some reason the muppet christmas carol has not been uh part of our family tradition get ready 
get ready because it's I think it's the best one. That's great. I do remember watching it as a child. Do you? Yes. Yeah. I, I can't believe we haven't shared it. So I we know. Won't have to do that. You know, uh, family-based ones that I remember is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yes. And that one was an animated version. Have you seen that one? I had forgotten all about that. Yeah, I do remember. Mickey. And instead of Kermit as Bob Cratchit, it's Mickey Mouse as Bob Cratchit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Scrooge McDuck plays Scrooge. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really well done. It's, I think it was in the early 80s release. So, you know, you and I were kids when it came out. I remember going to the theater, but it was only like 25 minutes long. It's not that long. Donald Duck shows up as the happy nephew. And of course, Scrooge is good out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gives me a moment to show off one of my very few other than musical talents. Um, I can do this. <laughs> That's great. That's the Donald Duck line, right? I remember being like, you know, seventh grade and so excited to figure out how to do. Randall, I all the more appreciate you now because I think I was somewhere in around the fifth or sixth grade and I worked on my Donald Duck voice. You then too. Two peas in the pod. I'm kind of like menus right now. <laughs> And I hope I hope your kid because my kids we've got video of me doing that with our kids and they try to do it back and it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. So that's a Christmas Carol. Uh, what would you say is one of your favorite Christmas carols as a song that you like to sing at Christmas time, particularly oh, ones that lead to Christ? <laughs> yes. Okay. So my favorite Christmas carols. Um, that's that's harder. Uh, it depends on what you mean. So like if I, my favorite community singing together Christmas carol is probably O Come All Ye Faithful. Because it's like, every, it feels like one of those songs that, you know, you want everybody to sing together. It's easy to, easy to remember. And it just, the way the music climbs, Oh, come let us adore. It's just great. Mm. From a nostalgia perspective, it would be, I do this because it's from the Peanuts movie. <laughs> I'm already visualizing it. <laughs> Mark the Herald Angels sing because their mouths go, Hark the, you know, it's, uh, but when I hear that, when we play the Vince Guaraldi, you know, theme, mm -hmm. I hear those kids singing that little song that, that get, gets me all the Christmas feels. But from a spiritual perspective, like what's Christmas all about and how to bring Christmas into your heart, it's probably, I heard the bells on Christmas Day because mm. of the way, Longfellow kind of arcs the story, you know, there it's, it's centered around sort of the great tragedy of his adult life um, and trying to remember how to celebrate Christmas in the midst of difficulty. So Was I, that written around World War One, or there's some sort of connection there, isn't there? Or maybe yeah, I'm wrong on that. son was injured, in, but that was after his wife died in a fire. Oh, wow. So, uh, he was, you know, every Christmas he would just be like, I can't, like, I can't handle listening to the little children singing or wow. running by saying, a Merry Christmas to you. And then and he, this song came out of his wrestling with how to re-enter communion in, in Christmas time. Wow. Wow. Well, do you, you want to uh, sing a little bit for us? So those who may not know it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, so I don't know the original tune, but I wrote my own little melody to it. It's on the, it's on our second Christmas album, Sing, Sing the Bible Family Christmas. Um, it goes, 
I heard the bells on Christmas Day. The old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its flight, my world revolved from day to night. When death held sway and barred the way of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong, and it mocks the song of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The Lord has come, the victory won, with peace on earth, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Mm. Wow. Such powerful lyrics. They really are. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have to, I had to like pull the professional card and not cry, you know, during that song. I, I don't cry. Be a pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it runs you through the gamut of the human experience, but all the more the Christian's human experience, because we look around and we, we there, there is no peace at the moment in the world. And there, there, there's, you know, turmoil and wars and all sorts of horrors. And yet Christ has come. Mm -hmm. Christ mm -hmm. has come. What, what is, what does that mean to you, Randall? And how can we even, communicate that to our kids so they can understand better. Wow. Well, um, I, by necessity, must cling to Christ every day. Uh, yeah. In fact, the song that you played a minute ago, it sort of references what I'm about to say. In the song, I was writing to help kids think about, hey, remember, Christmas isn't about getting presents. It's about Jesus has come. And that mm. changed everything and still does change everything. But we, and we celebrate that by giving each other presents. Like yeah. It's a great gift. But, and so we focus on how kids get confused with Christmas is all about what they want. But, but as adults, the, the way that we struggle with Christmas, I think is the same. We, Chris, kids, it's about what they get confused thinking it's about what they want. And we, get confused thinking about thinking about what we want but don't have. Yeah. Yeah. Look around on Christmas and we see, you know, other families that looked more, look more perfect than us or other houses in neighborhoods that we wish we lived in or yeah. um, other relationships with family members that we wish we had, you know, all the things that we want. Mm 
Yeah. So for kids, it's this exciting wanting. For us, it's like a melancholy wanting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Christmas gives us the opportunity to just remind us to just be grateful, starting with being grateful for Jesus and, and his, mm-hmm. his presence, transforming spirit, and uh, the way that he allows us to love one another. And kids can celebrate their presence with righteousness and go, like, hey, thank you, Jesus. Uh, because of you, we get to have these presents. Um, yeah. But but it's about, it's about you. And for us, we get to say, thank you, Jesus. Without you, I would still be wanting all these other things. But with you, I can be thankful and grateful for the things that I have. Yeah. You know, I think as a parent, it's really hard because as your kids are wanting these things and you're wanting to show them that every good gift comes from God. At the same time, you want to bless them with these things. And my my struggle personally is actually stressing out about the, blessing them with those things, you know, to where always, always by the end of the Christmas season, I'm the, the song, I think it's, I think, is it Amy Grant? Silent Night? Yeah. I want a silent night. Do you know that song? No. <laughs> it's. I think it's on the Amy Grant Christmas, one of the Christmas albums, but she's just saying, I need a silent night. <laughs> so that's, that's my struggle as a mother. I relate to that. I mean, we, we would get stressed out year after year after year, and we'd always say we wouldn't the next year, but trying to make it even. Mm, yeah. Sure yeah. There's three kids. Are they all getting sort of same, similar kinds of presents? Right. Because they'll be, you know, one of them will be looking like, this, you know, more expensive. And it's like, man, how far off have we gotten off the beaten path? Mm-hmm. So there were, we, we experimented and, you know, had different years where we told them, you know, weeks ahead of time or months ahead of time, it's going to be a small Christmas this year, guys. This year we're going to take what we would ordinarily spend and we're going to give it over here or, or donate it for this or raise money for this or that. And we're just going to get everybody a piece of clothing and a book um, and like one toy you guys ask for specifically. We did that a couple of times. Um, and you know what? those always went well. Mm. Yes. That um, last few years we have done uh, wear, need, want, read. I'm not sure the order of that, but so sure. they get those gifts. And so something to wear. Something to wear, something they need, something they want, and something to read. So that has helped with that stress. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, stockings you can have fun with, you know, stick it a Rubik's Cube or, oh or, yeah, uh, you know, Twizzlers. <laughs> And we always out here in California like to put a nice navel orange in the stocking. They are the best. Growing up, I always got an orange. And growing up in Florida, I always got an orange. There you go. The California and Florida traditions. I also have been told, too, that because Florida and California shipped uh, in the early 20s and 30s their oranges out, that it became a tradition even in the Midwest when it was cold because a little bit of you know Florida or California sun was delivered via an orange yeah i believe it well randall thank you uh once again for joining us here on our first podcast and merry christmas merry christmas merry christmas to you both we'll see you later on joy to the world the lord is come let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing you're listening to the all things together podcast from five solos media 
And we're so thankful that Randall Goodgame was able to join us via Zoom from Nashville. And we just heard a little bit of his joy to the world from his Slugs and Bugs Christmas album. It's pretty easy to make idols of things during Christmas time, whether it's getting or giving gifts or Christmas parties or... Even Christmas treats. <laughs> oh, grandma's Christmas fudge. Oh, my grandma made Christmas peanut butter balls. Oh, so my goodness. Good. Mm. They can start to appear more important than the one and only God with us, Emmanuel. John Knox was a man who stood against idolatry because he stood up for what the Bible said. That's right. And in this Reformation investigation, we're going to dive deeper with Pastor Robert Elliott as he talks about the Scottish reformer John Knox. But before we dive into this Reformation investigation, Pastor Robert sat down with a couple of kids from our church and asked them to read some of Knox's original writings in the old Scots language. It was pretty funny. All right, tell us what this is here. Okay, what we have here is the original works of John Knox, and that means it's written in old Scots. So it's 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 actually English, James, right? Yeah. But it's English with a Scottish dialect. And what we're going to do is, without any... First of all, can I ask you, how old are you? Um, I'm 12. And can you read? Yes. Would you consider yourself a half-decent reader? Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to challenge James, aren't we? Okay. So, James, without any preparation, we're going to have you read this writing from John Knox and and it's about prayer okay okay so are you ready yep here we go wise called perfite prayer becometh becometh no christian to miskna saying to it is the very branche wilk springeth forth of true faith that'll do i think he did a decent job now, do you understand what you just read? Kinda. <laughs> I had to concentrate on the reading words. it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good. You did very well, actually, yeah. James. Thank that you. was good. Thank you, James. Excellent. Thank you. Who wants else to give it a try? Madeline, come on and give it a try. Come on up, Madeline. <laughs> right, Madeline. So what we'll do is we'll get you to begin at this point here. Okay. How necessary is the rich evocation of goddess name, otherwise called perfect prayer, becometh no Christian to misknaw. <laughs> Wait, why am I saying? <laughs> it is the very branch Wilk springeth forth of true faith. That will do good. Can I, t- can I show you something? What word is that? Yif. Yif. Oh, it's yeah. if. There you go. Oh. Well done. She got it. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> and read the sentence there for us. The best you can. Okay. So in the old Scots tongue, so how necessary is the recht invocation of God's name, otherwise called perfect prayer, becometh nae Christian to miss no. Seeing it is the very branch Wilk springeth forth of true faith Whereof if, if, if any man be destitute Notwithstanding he be indwelt With whatsoever other virtues Yet in the presence of God Is he reputed for no Christian at all <laughs> so. so that's John Knox writing in his Native heart 
language, as they would say, tongue. Right? I like that, the heart language. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the language they preached in and uh, prayed in and spoken in. English, but with a strong Scots brogue. And with always a heart to point people to Christ. Absolutely. That was his goal, always. Well, we're here with Pastor Robert Elliott, who is from Scotland, and we just heard some kids trying to read the old Scots tongue, as you would say. It's really not easy for them, let alone you, huh? No, for sure. I mean, I'm actually from there, and I've spoken, uh, you know, with a Scottish accent my whole life, obviously. And I've even pastored a church in a part of Scotland where the people to some degree, still speak that way. So much so that when I was uh, amongst folks in the church that I used to pastor, and they were maybe having a joke and having some fun, uh, they would speak in such a way that I'd be kind of looking around thinking, what are they saying? I, I didn't even under... I had to have somebody explain the jokes to me uh, because it's such a broad dialect. Uh, but, you know, in the cities, we don't really speak that way. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a city boy. <laughs> <laughs> Though I have to say, when Melissa and I visited your parents many years ago, uh, your dad got a, a little uh, uh, lost because there was a lot of fog and he pulled over and asked a guy directions and Melissa, tell me, tell me what happened. The man giving directions said, "It's up the brae." <laughs> and I, yeah, I know now that means up the hill. But it's like, wh- what language is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. My wife and I have sat. Uh, you know, we, I remember one time sitting on a bench downtown Riverside, and my wife and I were just chatting, and a man leaned over from the other side of the bench. You know, in a public park. And he said, uh, can I ask you a question? What language is that that you're speaking? And, you know, we were so offended. You know, we said it's English. <laughs> so it, it seems as if, if John Knox was able to uh, travel through time right now, we might not be able to understand him. But with a translation, uh, his message is still pretty clear today. What, what would you say Knox was all about? The heart of what John Knox was about was what does the Bible say? He introduced to Scotland at large that principle that we call sola scriptura, uh, which simply means the word of God alone as our great authority for matters of faith and practice. Uh, And as he did that and introduced the teaching of the scriptures and the gospel of our Lord Jesus, literally tens upon tens of thousands of people's lives were changed. And that changed Scotland. And it took Scotland from being a true backwater. And what I mean by backwater is is underdeveloped, poor, Mm -hmm. uneducated. It took Scotland from being that kind of country to being one of the world's foremost countries when it came to thought. And um, even when indeed the Industrial Revolution came, Scotland was at the forefront of all of that because it was primed and ready because biblical truth had not only caused people to be at peace with God, but it brought order and sanity to lives that were just so sad and poor beforehand. And and at the core, at the heart of it, is this concept of sola scriptura. When Melissa was working on the script, that's something that really stood out to you, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it did. Uh, and especially when he was confronting Mary Queen of Scots, uh, what, what stood out to you, Melissa? Well, he was actually very gracious with her because it wasn't, you know, ah, oh, she's a tyrant. It was, he wanted her to understand the word of God and what the word of God said. And he knew that if the leader of the people understood what the word of God said, then that would be much better for the country. 
And at one point he even said to her, I don't want to see you cry. <laughs> you know, he didn't desire that at all. Um, so that's what stood out to me. I never delight in the weeping of any of God's creatures. I can hardly handle the tears of my own sons after disciplining them. Much less can I rejoice in your majesty's weeping. But saying I have offered to you no reason to be offended, but have just spoken truth as my job calls me to do, I must endure your majesty's tears even though I don't really want to. Rather than go against my conscience or betray the welfare of the public and the church through my silence, can I offer you a traditional Scottish beverage to cheer you up? And as we see in the movie and as we know in history, though, it, it, unfortunately, her heart wasn't changed. No, that's right. And I think Melissa makes a really good point that modern historians portray John Knox as if he was bullying Mary, Queen of Scots. Now, bear in mind, she was a queen in a day when the monarchy was pretty powerful uh, and he was a poor pastor. So the idea that he was bullying her is just silly. But the reality is, as Melissa notes, when you read how he spoke to her, yes, he spoke with authority. He didn't compromise. He didn't water down the gospel. Uh, he didn't hide from challenging her. But he appealed to her again and again and again uh, because he longed to see her changed, knowing that if God would save her, it would be a, a great thing. But she's never really seemed to open up to the gospel. Yeah, she found it just incredible that John Knox would put the Bible ahead of the cardinals and the bishops and the pope, you know, and the councils of the church. It just blew her mind. So I think she was genuinely convinced that she needed men to help her to know God rather than God's word alone. It was a concept that just blew her mind. And he was very patient, but again, uh, he wanted her to know, hey, you're wrong. You need to know the truth. Yeah, yeah, amen. So our hope is that as kids are listening to this program along with their mom and dads, that you know they're not tuning out right now going, well, this doesn't matter to me. It, it really does matter for children to understand how important God's word is. Without a shadow of a doubt, if you don't go to the Bible, you'll, you'll not know what God's plan is in order to get you to have a right relationship with him. You, you, you'll have your own plan, which is probably, I'll be a good kid. Mm -hmm. I'll be a good boy. I'll be a good girl. I'll make people think I'm good, even though maybe inside I know I'm not good. But as long as I look good and feel good, and I hear people say, oh, you're a nice boy or you're a nice girl, that'll be enough for me. No, that's your plan. God's plan is, hey, kids, know this. You're a sinner, but Jesus came to save sinners. God loved the world so much, he sent his son to die for sinful boys and girls so that they might have everlasting life. That's God's plan. That's why you really need the Bible. Amen to that. Yes. And that's exactly what uh, John Knox was, was all about. It's strange today uh, that in your own home country, he's really not admired, is he? It's so sad, but it's because the Bible's not admired. So anybody that advocates for the gospel, you know, the, the, the authority of Scripture in a world which wants to be its own authority and do its own thing, they're going to be, uh, if you like, cancelled, to use a, a term that we hear every day now. And John Knox has been cancelled. Uh, so much so, uh, and I know you've seen this as well, Troy and Melissa, um, he's buried underneath a parking lot. Yeah. Now, I know that it's just as 
earthly remains and you know when the, the, the Lord comes back again the concrete or the asphalt as it is is not going to stop him rising I get that but it just shows the disrespect there's a car parks over his body every day as it's buried and nobody bats an eyelid um, because very few people care uh, but we'd rather they cared more about God's word and the Lord Jesus than John Knox of course but I think it's just a wee indication on the disrespect and the carelessness that there is towards the things that really do count. Amen. So we don't really know where Knox was with Christmas and, and what his traditions were, if he had any. Perhaps he decided not to, but we know he was fascinated with the idea of uh, God with us, Emmanuel, wasn't he? Yeah. I think it's fair to say that what we know as Christmas today, you know, with all its celebrations and its lights and uh, the exchange of gifts, you know, uh, Scotland in the 16th century probably didn't know much of that type of Christmas. But what John Knox definitely knew uh, was that God became flesh indeed. Uh, and the, the, in the person of Jesus, it was God with us. And he loved to tell people about Jesus, the one who was God and man in one person uh, and, and how he came, humbled himself uh, and even went to the cross, you know, born to die. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not to remain dead, but to then become alive again and forever to be living and to be interceding. That would be to be representing his people before a holy God. So Knox loved the coming of our Lord Jesus and every boy and girl out there this Christmas. Um, how wonderful it is that you have got so many nice things happening, but the nicest thing, uh, the best part is to remember God actually came into this world uh, so that he could represent you, me, sinful boys and girls out there listening to this. And what a privilege, what a gift God gave us in his son. Amen. That's a great place to uh, wrap up our conversation about John Knox. Thank you, Pastor Robert Elliott. Glad to be able to speak to you guys. Give us a, a, a Scottish goodbye. It would be something like, all right, see ya. <laughs> Not very noble, but that's it. <laughs> Quick goodbye. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> that was Pastor Robert Elliott, pastor of our church here in Southern California. And, you know, no matter where you are in the world, whether it's warm and sunny Riverside, California, though lately it's been a little chilly here this December. Or cool and cloudy Edinburgh, Scotland, which they would not think what we are experiencing is, is cold. <laughs> You're right about that. Or way up in Siberia or way out in Hawaii, Christmas trees are put up during the Christmas season. That's right. Did you know that Christmas trees are grown in every state? All 50 states grow Christmas trees, including Hawaii. I did know that about Hawaii because my aunt and uncle lived there for a time and they had a very unique Christmas tree, but it was a pine tree and it was pretty cool. But did you ever wonder where that tradition came from? You know, I know some think it has pagan roots and th there may be some argument for that, but it's also widely believed that Christians in the 16th century had something to do with the tradition and more specifically, Martin Luther. And now, without further ado, what we've all been waiting for. As told by littles. <laughs> <laughs>
presents a Luther Family Christmas. Oh wow, how beautiful. Lord, you are a glorious creator. I must tell my family. Dearest Katie, I'm fine. Actually, I'm great. I want to tell you and the kids what I saw outside. What is it? Yes, Father, what, what is, is it? it? It was so bright. It was so big. It was creation. It was, oh, I think I'll just show you. in a country far, far away. Actually, if you live in Germany, it's not that far away. Anyway, there was a man named Martin Luther. We told you about him in one of our movies and how God used him to bring people back to what the Bible said and to trust in Jesus by faith alone. He eventually got married to Katie and had a family, and he was always looking for ways to share the gospel with them. To the house. Well, outside, in the starlight, I saw a glorious display of God's creative beauty. Uh, I'm going to lean this tree up against the wall here. Yes, this will work. And so I thought, what better way to show you what I saw outside in the freezing cold than to display it right here in our house? Hmm, I need light. Hans, Magdalene, uh, get the candles. Yes, Father. Oh, Marty, do we really need a pine tree in the house? I think we do. Outside in the darkness of night, I saw the light of a thousand twinkling stars shining through evergreen trees. In the darkness of night, glimmers of hope. Here you go, Father. You think this will be enough? Thank you, dear children. Yes, I think this will work. Let's see if we can get these balanced high and low on the tree. We'll get the low ones. Excellent. And what better way to show my beloved, dearest, doctorist, Lord Katie and her dear, precious offsprings what I saw outside the house. Now let's get them lit, one by one. Katie, can you please give me a hand? Um, sure, my love. Did you get this idea on Pinterest? Nope, an original idea all on my own. Okay, just a few more lit and wow! <gasps> wow! Oh, Father, it's beautiful! And what does my Katie, my Rib, my Morning Star of Wittenberg think of such visual delight? Oh, Martin, Sir Doctor, it is a delightful sight indeed. Several years into the Reformation, Martin Luther was approaching the Christmas season, but he didn't want to celebrate it in the way of the church had done in the past. After all, the Bible didn't command the church to do these things. But on St. Nicholas Day, yep, there really was a St. Nick, but he didn't have a sleighing reindeer. But every year on December 6th, kids would get presents on St. Nick Day. 
Martin loved to give his kids gifts, but now he wasn't sure what to do. Oh, my Katie and my dear friend Philip, what an opera! Shh, the kids are sleeping, Martin. Oh, sorry, my lord, Katie. I was saying, what an opportunity we have to share the greatest gift of all during this season, the gift of Jesus Christ, the gospel. How should we do that? How should we share? Well, Phil, I have some ideas. Like, what if we still give gifts? Just not on St. Nicholas Day. Instead, we'll give gifts on Christmas. After all, we can use this time to share with the kids about the greatest gift of all, our Savior. Hey, that sounds like a lovely idea. And moving the gift giving to later in the month does give me more time to shop. After all, online shopping doesn't exist yet. Um, can you tell me why there's a tree in your house, Martin? <laughs> yeah, I guess most people don't have a tree in their house. I wanted my family to see God's glorious creation inside where it's nice and warm. Ugh, it can get so cold and dark outside this time of year. The kids and Katie are stuck inside all the time, so why not bring some of God's glorious creation inside to warm their spirits up in the house? It's a novel idea. I wonder if it will catch on. But do you really need all those candles? Of course. They represent the magnificent stars of the winter night, all of which our glorious creator made. Okay, okay. But I think you should have a bucket of water close by. Good idea. And guess what, Philip? Marty is writing a Christmas song. Oh, wow. I love a mighty fortress. What's this one about? Well, it tells the story of when the angels visited the shepherds to tell them about the birth of Jesus. It's a song about God's gift that we'll sing just before we give our kids their gifts. I can't wait to celebrate. Oh, what a precious thing to give our children. A way to celebrate the coming of our wonderful Savior, our Emmanuel. And just a thought. Maybe you could wrap the presents and put them under the tree while they're sleeping. Good idea. So that's what the Luther family did. And on Christmas morning... Oh, wow! What's going on this morning? What's under the tree? Mmm, and what's that yummy smell? My dear children, we have much to celebrate. And delicious pastries, too! Well, kids, we have much to celebrate because God has given us his son, Jesus Christ, because we have been given the greatest gift. We are celebrating by giving you gifts. Wow, I can get behind that. Me too. Is that why we didn't get anything on St. Nick Day? Yes, there's no reason to celebrate mere men. Today, we are celebrating the God-man, Jesus the Christ. But I thought you said we don't know exactly when Christ was born. Yes, your father is right about that. But that doesn't mean we can't have a special time each year to remember the greatest gift that God has ever given the world. Preach it, Katie. This day is no more special than any other day the Lord has made. But we want to remember how much God loves you and how much we love you too. But before we get to the gifts under the tree, I've been working on this hymn. Let's sing it together. Sure thing, Dad. This is the best Christmas ever. 
All right, these are the first few words. Good news from heaven the angels bring, glad tidings to the earth they sing. To us this day a child is given to crown us with the joy of heaven. All right, everybody together. From Christmas trees to Christmas songs and Christmas gifts, the Luthers enjoyed each other's company, and they thought about Jesus, God's great gift to humanity. It's very interesting how these family traditions spread throughout the Christian communities in Europe and eventually around the world. And that's how it happened on a Christmas day many years ago in Martin and Katie Luther's home in Germany. Well, that's how it sort of happened. Maybe not all at once. We hope you enjoyed our telling of the Luther's family traditions. Merry Christmas! This is All Things Together from Five Solos Media, and that was our very first As Told by Little's podcast theater called A Luther Family Christmas. And we want to thank all the kids who played the voices. Owen, who played Martin Luther, Esme, who played Katie Luther, Jackson, who played Philip Melanchthon, and Madeline, who played Magdalene, and narrated as well. If you enjoyed this podcast theater, chances are you'll also enjoy our As Told by Little short films. In fact, all four of the ones that we have made are on a DVD right now that's available at our website, fivesolasmedia.com, and there are also digital versions available as well. Yes, and you can visit our website, www.fivesoulsmedia.com, for our films as well as merch like stickers and t-shirts. And all of your purchases from our website will help us create more family-friendly, gospel-centered content. Yes, and we really do appreciate your prayers and support. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please shoot us an email at info at fivesolosmedia.com. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And please make sure you like and share it with some friends. We want to thank all of our special guests, Randall Goodgame, Robert Elliott, as well as all the kids that were involved in this production. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Troy Lambert, along with my wife, Melissa Lambert, and we're wishing you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Year.